you probably have a vision that you want to bring into the world or you already are bringing your visions and your creations into the world and we believe the world needs them and we want to help make all of that other stuff that sucks <laughs> just a little bit easier and we want to help you be more effective with whatever time and money you are spending let's be more effective with it let's have a higher success rate for the goals that you're working towards right Being a circus boss is all about being confident on and off stage. It's about you living more of those powerful moments when time stands still and your audience is captivated and connected and everything feels right in the world. Welcome to the Circus Boss Podcast. This is the space where we talk about all things business and marketing related to circus so you can make those big dreams happen. We're your co-hosts, Brock and Eileen, and we help circus performers and producers manage your business with ease so you can spend more time on the flying trapeze. So if you're a circus boss that's ready for more, hit subscribe and join us every week. Your audience awaits. Hey guys, gals, and non-binary pals, it's a very well-caffeinated Eileen here for another solo episode of the Circus Boss Podcast. I'm sharing with you that I'm highly caffeinated in case I start to speed up. I'm going to try to keep my speed in check. So today, uh, I'm talking about revisiting your why. The reason that I'm talking about revisiting your why now is because it's something I really like to do before making all of your plans and goals for the new year, just to really anchor all of those plans into what's most important to you. And just remembering like, why are you doing this in the first place? So that's what today's about. And in case you've been wondering like where I've been, I've been a little bit quiet on the socials because the week before last, I did a workshop. I didn't produce it. I actually participated. And it was all about using video in your business. I talk about this a lot and I have to admit full disclosure and confession here. I still struggle with making that happen. I'm working on that more and more. I'm pretty comfortable showing up and doing IG lives for those of you that follow those. I haven't done one in a while either. But when it comes to recording a video, for some reason, I put greater expectations and greater pressure on myself because it, I feel like it has to be right. Where if it's alive, I'm like, it's okay, it's live. If I make mistakes or ramble on, the audience will be more forgiving because it's live. So anyways, those were some of the things that I was working through in that workshop. But also the reason that I'm sharing that now is the workshop started off with redefining your why, like really getting it into words because you can use that as part of your marketing message. Again, something I talk about a lot, but I haven't been able to do for my business. For Circus Boss, I still feel like I'm figuring things out. I'm figuring out what direction we're going with this business. I definitely have some foundational whys, and we'll talk about some of those today. And also this workshop talked about finding stories to help share your why. So what was your life before you made this realization that this is what you wanted to do or what happened in your life that inspired you to do what you do. So there's a story in your why too. I'm doing the work right now to figure out what those stories are so I can start to share them with our audience. And I'd love you to just 
think about that as well and take that challenge on as well if you want to if you feel like it serves you so I'm speaking about your why today both from a charting your course for the next year but then also as I like to do I'm really going to talk about how your why can help in your marketing as well so over the last two weeks I've come up with a ton of stories on my why and I learned that because I had all these whys, it really helped to break them down into the areas that we help people with the most. So you can look for that in the coming months of my goal that I'm setting out and I'm sharing it with you just for accountability is to start to share these stories based on the area that we help people. So if we help people with finances, there's a story behind why that's important to me and why Brock and I are passionate about that. And when we help with marketing, there's a reason why. And there are stories of my past and our experiences that help make us really passionate about that. So determining your why for yourself and then finding the stories. That's the path that we're on. So I wanted to invite you on that path with us. So on goal setting, I just want to share that our next episode is awesome. I already got to record the interview with Janelle Dinosaurs, aka Janelle Peters, aka Cirque Psych. So look for that next episode. It's all about New Year's resolutions and goal setting, but with Janelle's mental health wizardry and awareness. So it's a really powerful interview. I look forward to sharing that with you next. But today, again, we're honing in on your why. So you'll see these other stories coming out from us, again, accountability, over the next few months. But when I think about the biggest why behind Circus Boss, like, why are we doing this now? Why did we close our company and decide to do this? And it really comes back to something that I shared with Shannon McKenna when I was on the Artist Athlete podcast. If you're struggling as an artist, it's not your fault. Not only are we fighting a cultural paradigm that doesn't support the arts as something as valid or an equal contribution to society as, say, a lawyer or a doctor, but also we're not taught how to manage a business. So if you can journey back with me, (laughs) back to young, ambitious Eileen, I guess I'm still ambitious, but when I was in college. So first, I just have to say to, to preface all of this, I was a hot mess when I was in college. I really didn't know how to fit into the mold of the professional dancer that they were trying to create at my arts conservatory, partly because I had to take off semesters to do contract work. I was performing as a showgirl doing contract work. But then the other part was that I was a free spirit and I needed to roam. But anyways, I digress. So I finally made it to my senior year, six years later. (laughs) And part of what the senior class did was to produce a senior show. Now, what you can't see is that I put air quotes on the word produce. I mean, we choreographed all the pieces. We had meetings with the lighting designer to create the mood and the lighting cues. We scheduled our own rehearsals with our own dancers that we auditioned or hand-selected. We made our own costumes. We made a photo shoot and worked with a student from the visual arts department to design a poster for the show. And we had underclassmen be our stage crew. And voila, we produced a show. And later on in life, and actually even during college, I was performing. I mentioned I was doing contract work. I was performing on a cruise ship. I was performing in a dinner theater on Miami Beach. I danced for modern dance companies and modern dance choreographers. So I had a ton of models on how to, quote, produce work. So after working with others, I realized that my entrepreneurial spirit really wanted to create my own company. 
And I thought, okay, I'm experienced. I've been working, even also I was working as a choreographer. I'd gotten multiple commissions to choreograph on other college and high school dance departments. So I was a working professional with experience under my belt. I was ready to start my own company. And I thought I had all the tools needed because I had been a part of a lot of successful models. But what I learned really quickly was I didn't know shit about business. <laughs> like, I didn't learn the first thing. Because I'll go back to our BFA dance concert again. When I was in college, we didn't have to do any marketing. The audience just magically showed up. Our school handled all of that. And we invited all our friends and all our other students. And we didn't know anything about the budget. Because the school had the theater. And we all choreographed and performed for free. We rehearsed for free. We got free rehearsal space. The show crew I mentioned was all students that were volunteering. The school even had a videographer on staff that filmed the show and gave us a VHS tapes. <laughs> yes, VHS tapes of our pieces. We either made or purchased our own costumes on our own. The school paid the lighting designer and any light board operators and sound operators, any production crew was paid for. We didn't have to do any fundraising. We didn't have to write any grants. It didn't matter if the ticket sales covered our costs or not because we didn't even know how much it costs. We didn't make a budget. It was just magically there for us. And the same thing when I performed for others. No one ever talked about how the tech crew was getting paid more than the dancers or how the grant funds came in after the show had already happened and the money had already been spent. And no one talked about the fact that ticket sales only cover a fraction of the full cost of producing a show. So I didn't know any of that, even though I had tons of experience. Those were some of the hard lessons that I learned when I started self-producing my own shows. Because when I first started out, the business and the marketing and the finances honestly kicked my ass. I didn't know what I was doing. I was waiting for grant funds to come in and struggling to teach some classes over here to have this money pay for that. And what is it they say? Robbing Peter to pay Paul. I, I can't <laughs> I don't remember the expression, but I was putting things on credit cards. I was taking my personal money. If I did a gig, then I would, instead of that money going to me to pay my living expenses, it was going to the company. I was basically doing whatever I needed to do to make the show happen because I was committed to whatever project we were doing. I wanted to make our shows awesome because that's what all my previous experience had taught me and that's what I was doing. That's what I believed in. But I didn't really know what I was doing with the business stuff. And there were times that I felt like I had the weight of the whole world on my shoulders, honestly, trying to make it all happen. And there were times it was hard AF, <laughs> like really hard. And I cried and I would get stressed out, but then I would get wrapped up in the creation of it and then excited about the the projects and the performances. And so I would just kind of like shove all that hard stuff in the back corner of my mind and ignore it until it reared its head again until I had to deal with it. I didn't used to identify as a business person. I was a super duper free spirit improvisation diva. I was all about being in the moment and performing and being creative. I was not like this business and finance person at all. This has all come through a lifelong obsession with learning how to make it easier, learning how to make it better. I became good at it because I get mad if there's anything that's in my way. If I want to do something, I always joke that I should have a shirt that says I make shit happen because if you do know me, I will do whatever it takes to make something happen. And in my path and on my journey, part of what it took to make my big visions happen was to learn business, to learn finances, to learn systems. 
I've studied with coaches, I've had mentors, I've done every single workshop I can, both for artists learning business or just for regular people learning business, because I was so frustrated that I felt cheated that I didn't learn this stuff. I figured I got a six years of education. I should have learned something about business, but I didn't. So that's why I'm all into this stuff now and why I love helping other people because it really helped me bring my visions into the world and make shit happen, (laughs) you know, and I I don't want anyone to be like a stifled artist because they can't get the marketing and business finances part of it. Business shouldn't be the thing that brings you down or keeps you up at night or makes it so stressful that you can't do what you want to do. That's the unimportant stuff. Let's help you get set up correctly, get your finances in order, get some smooth, efficient operations in order so you can focus on what you're really here to do. Because I'm guessing you didn't get into performing because you wanted to sit behind a computer or a phone all day long. You probably have a vision that you want to bring into the world or you already are bringing your visions and your creations into the world. And we believe the world needs them. And we want to help make all of that other stuff that sucks (laughs) just a little bit easier And we want to help you be more effective with whatever time and money you are spending. Let's be more effective with it. Let's have a higher success rate for the goals that you're working towards, right? So this is the main story that I came back to every time when I think about the main why behind Circus Boss. Now I'm going to learn to finesse this story and you'll probably hear me tell it again in different ways, but this is kind of like my main why story. And so as I go through everything today, I just want you to think about, is there one main why or one main story, right? You may get a lot of things that come up during this excavating. And you know what? That can all be content that you can save for later. So let's dive in and talk about your why. So I'm breaking this into a couple different categories. There's your main why, the main why behind your business. And you know, why are you doing what you're doing? Why did you start doing what you're doing? So why are you performing or creating or producing or teaching, right? That's like the big picture why. I'm sure you know how to dive into that. And I do have another episode on that. Episode five, what is your why? So I'm not going to go too far into the big picture why. I'm going to instead focus on the two main areas when it comes to my business planning that I like to do. So I like to plan finances, so budgeting for the next year. And then I like to plan my marketing. What campaigns am I running? Where do I want to focus my marketing efforts and energy? So I thought it would be fun since I'm offering this revisiting your why before you plan your goals, I'm just going to focus on those two areas because there's a lot in just those two areas. So let's start with finances. So next week, my goal, I'll say my goal (laughs) is to share um, more about how to set your financial goals on, on the socials next week. And You can do this just from a numbers perspective, but before you even start crunching your numbers, I really think it's helpful to say, well, why am I doing this? Why is it important to make money doing what you love? Because if you're listening to this podcast, I'd pretty much say you're in the camp of wanting to make money. You're not doing this just as a hobby or just for funsies. We tend to attract people that are in this to make money doing it and view this as a valid business. So why do you want to make money doing what you love? What does it allow you to have in your life? Do you want to support local farmers and local businesses? Do you want to eat all organic? Do you want to purchase from sustainable businesses? Do you want to start a family or buy a car or buy a house or save for retirement? 
Or do you want to support causes and charities? Thinking about why is it important to make money can help you also when you're setting your goals because if you're just looking at the numbers, you might be missing these other important areas that need to be considered and factored into your budget. Another example of how your why can factor in, like I'll share when we ran Animate Objects, something that was behind our why was we wanted to support local artists. I always have believed in paying artists a fair wage, paying it as much as I can, and that had to be factored into our price, of course. But if I wanted to be a sustainable business and be around for many years to continue to provide that work for performers, I had to make sure that my pricing and my budgeting also was about sustaining the overhead of my business. And we also wanted our pricing to be attainable for the clients that we wanted to work with. So there were quite a few things that we needed to balance in there, but we needed to know these are all important to us. Because if we were only focused on the artist, then we wouldn't have had a sustainable business. If we were only focused on a sustainable business and being as profitable as we could, we wouldn't have been able to support our artists. Or if we factored both of those in and got to a really high price, then some of the clients that we wanted to work with would not have been able to afford us. So that's where when people ask about pricing, sometimes it's good to just go back to the why. Well, what's important to you? Why are you doing this? What are your values? All of that needs to be reflected in your pricing. Anyways, <laughs> I didn't mean to talk about pricing here, but all of those whys were factored into our pricing and taught us to learn to budget in a way that sustained our business. And so now we carry all of that over into our work with Circus Boss. We're passionate about helping circus performers and businesses thrive, not just by teaching others better ways to budget and manage your finances so that you can sustain your business. But we also have our value of helping artists be paid fairly. And that's at the heart of the Circus Freelancer Gig Pay Guide. And so many of what we're doing is to help freelancers that are negotiating and advocating for themselves how to know their value, how to communicate it, how to price yourself accordingly. And honestly, it goes beyond just the individual people we work with or the people that follow us. Like, kind of want to help uplift the whole industry, right? So that's one of our whys. That's at the heart of what we're doing because I really believe that artists are equally valid to a veterinarian, to a wedding photographer, to a catering company. Like what we are bringing deserves to be respected and valued. And where people spend their money is a vote of what they honor, what they value, and what they respect. And because we also talk about these things in our marketing, all of the people that are attracted to work with us as coaching clients or take our workshops have similar values. So right now, coaching clients that we work with that are circus studios or that run an entertainment company, they not only want to make their business sustainable, but I'm proud to say that all of them are working really hard to pay artists fair wages as well. And the freelance artists that we work with, they're more confident and they're setting rates high enough to support their career and life goals. But even those performers are not doing it just because they want to for themselves, but they also have that shared goal with us to help uplift the entire industry. So I'm kind of going full circle here, but I'm sharing this as an example of like our why affected our pricing, it affected how we budgeted, it affected our finances all of that. And then in turn, now that we teach that to others, the people that are attracted to working with us have similar values because we talk about our values in our marketing. 
So we'll get to marketing in a minute, but I just wanted to show you that it's this, it's all connected. Um, when you sit down to make your financial goals for next year, I invite you to revisit your why before you do that. Just asking simple questions. Why do you want to make money doing what you love? And why is that important to you? And why is making money doing what you love important to others? And then again, back to you, what does it allow you to have in your life? So beyond the business, what are your life goals and life needs? So asking all those questions before you crunch your numbers, will make sure that you're not forgetting what's important to you. So now let's talk about marketing. This is another area where I like to set plans and goals. Again, I plan to talk about that more next week on the socials, looking at what campaigns are you running? What marketing strategies are you doing? Where are you choosing to spend your time, efforts, and money in your marketing for your business? Of course, we want it to be based on your ROI, your return on investment. Are you really getting the leads? Are you really getting clients from those efforts? But also, are you getting the right type of clients? Are you getting the right type of experiences? And this is where revisiting that why before you plan your marketing, I feel like can really help you dial that in. So before I go into this, I have to do a little mini marketing lesson to kind of frame the areas I'm about to talk about. And I hope it doesn't get too complex. There's so many words and different marketers use them differently. So I just want to share with you how I use these terms. So we're going to talk about your target audience and we're going to talk about your end user. So your target audience, this is who you want to work for. So maybe it's your ideal client or a company you want to work for. Or as a coach, maybe it's a studio that you want to work with or a festival or a school where you want to do a workshop. These are the people that you're going to interface with a lot. And in most scenarios, these are the people you're going to be targeting with your marketing. But then there's your end user. This is going to be the people you perform for, the end experiencer of what you're providing, right? Your audience that's watching you perform or this would be the students in your classes or workshop. So we're going to talk about the end user in a moment. But first, I just wanted to separate those two categories out for a minute. So let's go back to your target audience. These are the people that you want to work with. Okay, whether it's the clients or the studios or the workshops or the festivals or the events, right? So before you plan out, how do you find these people? <laughs> and how do you get to work with these people? That's what you're going to be planning with your marketing campaigns and strategies for the new year. I invite you to ask, who do you want to work for? And why do you want to work for these people? Not just the who, but the why. Why do you want to work for these people? What's in it for you? What do you get out of it? And then also what's in it for them? Because if you want to work with people that have the same values of as you, you can bring your values into your marketing, into your messaging. For example, if you like being part of a team because it fuels your creativity and working in collaboration brings out your best ideas, then hello, put that in a cover letter when you are auditioning for a company that works collaboratively. You're telling them why you are the perfect fit for their company because you love working in collaboration. It fuels your creativity. It brings out your best ideas. You feel most fulfilled. You're telling them right there you're a good fit, right? Or let's say you like working with detail-oriented clients because it ensures a smooth event and helps you bring the highest production value and helps you produce work that you believe in because you care about the details. We'll get that into your proposals. Get that onto your website to help you attract 
planners and clients that care about details. There's nothing worse than being really into details and working for clients that hate to be bothered by details. I have been there many times. So the more that you can say out front, this is who I am. I am into detail orientedness. I care about details. I'm going to be asking a million questions. Then you're going to get those clients that say, yes, F yes. I love people that care about details. Maybe that's not it for you. Maybe that's something else, right? But getting into that why again and sharing it is going to help attract the right people. Here's another example. Let's say there's an event that you want to perform in. When you're pitching your services to them, tell them why you want to work with them. Share your why when you're pitching your services. Or if there's a festival you want to teach in, do you believe in their mission? Do you see something that can help them raise the bar for their festival? Do you offer something unique that they haven't offered before and you think is a great fit for their audience? Getting to that why for you is clarity, but then also becomes part of your marketing message. Because when you're sharing this why, whether it's, again, on your website or in your social media or in a proposal or in a cover letter or in your resume or in a presentation, if you're pitching, it helps give people something larger to connect with. But there's also another scenario where your why can inform your marketing strategy, not just your messaging, but your actual strategy. Now bear with me here because I need to do another little mini marketing lesson to give you context for my next point. And as a reminder, we still haven't even gotten to the end user yet. We're still talking about the target audience. And this next topic, I plan on talking about this more in the future in depth, but for a brief overview of this next little point, there are two ways to focus your marketing efforts. And I feel that in Circus, we need a balance of both of these. There's inbound marketing and outbound marketing. I like to say inbound marketing is like farming. It's a slower process where you are planting seeds that will lead to future growth. And it can be a kind of a one-to-many So you've got one tractor going down the row, planting a lot of seeds all at the same time. It's one effort that can reap multiple benefits. It's like putting breadcrumbs out there for people to find you or thinking about your marketing as a magnet. So you're attracting people to you. So this is what social media is great for. This is like a word of mouth or referral network. Things like that are just ways that the steady stream of clients come to you. You have to make some effort to put these things in place, but then they continue to stream to you. But then there's outbound marketing. Some people may also refer to this as lead generation. But I like to say your outbound marketing is kind of like hunting, right? So if your inbound is like farming, then your outbound is like hunting, where you're picking specific people or markets or communities that you want to work in and actively going out and creating relationships and pitching your work with these people. And it's like hunting because it's very targeted. But also the return can be less than farming because it's just one target at a time. And maybe you don't have time to go hunting all year long. So you can hunt when you have the time and then your farm is what sustains you in the meantime. I hope some of this analogy is making sense, but I really do recommend for all types of circus businesses that you've got both of these going on. So one is more of this like online, one-to-many, magnetic. I'm putting the breadcrumbs out there. People are finding me and finding their way to me. I've got the right messages out there. But then also there needs to be this going out into the world and finding the sources that you want to work for and contacting them. 
I see sometimes people do one and maybe forget about the other. And so I just like to differentiate those two methods because in my experience, if you have both of them going, that's a really robust marketing plan. And so if you can think of your inbound marketing, your farming, that's helping build a steady stream of people that come to you. And then to balance that out, you make sure you're going on the hunt every so often when you can to find the people that you really want to work with. So the reason that I'm mentioning this in relationship to your why is so far, everything that I talked about was more of the inbound marketing, right? And now I'm going to talk about the outbound marketing because here's a situation I found myself sometimes in with animate objects. And it's something that I often hear from our clients and our circus boss community. There can be this pattern where you're just working with the people that reach out to you. If you have that steady stream of inquiries coming your way, that means you're doing a great job with your marketing. You're doing an amazing job delivering fabulously to your clients and working with others. So they're saying great things about you. So that leads to word of mouth. You've got a nice referral network. All of those things are happening. But then after doing this work with your why, when you look at, well, who is it that you want to be working with and why? Of those people that are finding you and coming to you, what percentage of them are the actual kind of clients or opportunities that you want to be having? If it's aligned, then you're good. That's golden. But it might not be aligned. And that's where going back and looking at your why can uncover that. And so that might mean when you're building your strategy for next year for your marketing, you need to do some of this hunting. You need to go out into the world and do some hunting. You know, what new clients or companies do you want to be working with? What studios do you want to teach at? What festivals do you want to be a part of? Go out and get it. Okay. So that's the outbound marketing side of your target audience. We covered the inbound. Now let's talk about the end user. This is going to be who's experiencing your performances, who's in the audience, who are you performing for, who are the students in your classes or your workshops. And so when you're thinking about them, the end user of your experience, why are you doing this for others? Because you could be doing it for free in on Instagram or you could be doing it in your bedroom alone for nobody. Like, why are you doing this for others? There's got to be a reason that you're doing it for others outside of yourself, right? So what do you want them to feel or learn from the experience? And all of this is super important to bring into your messaging. So I'll give you another example. With Animate Objects, we wanted to engage our audience's imagination and spark their creativity, right? Creativity is important to me. So when talking about our entertainment and our proposals, we would talk about how our interactive characters invited guests into a world of make-believe and gave them permission to play. We didn't just say interactive characters rove for 60 minutes in costume, right? No, we said they invite guests into a world of make-believe and give them permission to play, that came from our why, because that was something that was important to us and why we were doing this for audiences. We used words like wonder and awe and mesmerized and delighted, like it helped us figure out what adjectives to describe what we do are, right? Or maybe you want to empower people to feel strong and capable of achieving whatever they set their minds to. I mean, this is so evident and so clear with circus. It is one of the major benefits. And so if that's Something that you, like why you share this with an audience is you want the the audience to feel that empowerment. So like, let's say you're pitching a hand balancing act. Instead of saying, I have a hand balancing act that's five minutes in such and such costume, you can say, my hand balancing act celebrates superhuman strength and empowers audiences to believe that anything is possible. 
Doesn't that make you want to book that act when you hear it said like that? For me, it does. If someone was auditioning for me and they put that in their resume, I'd be like, hell yeah, I'm going to hire them. So let's think about another example for like classes and workshops. I feel like in workshop descriptions, we're pretty good at explaining the outcomes. I really want to challenge you. Can you also bring into that description? Why did you create this class the way that you created? Why are you sharing it with other people now? And why does that matter to you? Not just because you want to be of service, but maybe you went through something in your life. How can you find the story of why you're passionate about doing this? So maybe you've experienced a major transformation in a workshop before, and now you want to offer that to students. Or maybe there was a specific skill that you were never able to achieve with the ways that you learned it or the ways that are conventionally or traditionally taught. So you've created your own progression to help people achieve that. So maybe you say something like, I know what it's like to not be able to get a new skill on the first try when everyone else around you is. So I've created pathways to give you progressions and a methodology to work towards finally getting whatever the skill is, maybe your straight arm straddle ups. So I'll give you a tangible example. I love teaching improvisation. And if I'm prepping a class or workshop description, I might say something like, Improvisation is a skill that will help you find more creative choices in your choreography and be more comfortable creating collaboratively and expand your ground movement vocabulary. But if I wanted to go deeper with that, another one of my whys is that I believe we all have our own unique voice and our own unique contributions that we are meant to bring into this tapestry of life and that every voice is needed. So I'm driven to help people find that voice and to step into their power with confidence. So if I kind of can clarify that for me, why am I teaching this improvisation workshop is like has more to do with that than the actual skills. So I could keep the workshop description and I can add to it or I can add to my bio and say something like in my classes, I love creating a space for you to find your own unique voice and step into your personal power with confidence as a mover and creator. Okay, so I'm learning how to bring my why into what it is that I'm offering. Before you make your list and fill up your calendar with all your plans and goals for the new year, it's just to really take some time to revisit your why. And if you didn't get to take notes on all of this, if you were driving or washing dishes or stretching, I'm going to recap the major questions in a minute. But then you can also check our carousel post on Instagram. We're going to have all these questions written out for you there too. Another thing I wanted to share is for me to help me access my why, I really like to tap into my emotions and energy to actually feel my higher purpose, not just intellectually think about it. So I like to put on music that fulfills me, that just puts me in a creative mood. And maybe that works for you. Or maybe you want to roll around on the floor or do a little dance first or do some aerial or circusing or get in the flow, whatever it is. I just invite you to think about bringing your creativity in to this process when you're working on your why. So it's not just an intellectual formulaic exercise. (laughs) So let's recap. We talked about your why with your bigger picture, but more specifically in this one, we talked about tying your why into your finances and marketing plans. But honestly, you can literally take this into all aspects of your life and all aspects of your business. So if you want to do that, that's extra credit for you. Go for it. But at least if you try some of these ideas, I have a feeling it'll help you make monumental quantum leaps this year. So here are the questions. With big picture, why are you doing what you do? Why are you performing or creating or producing or teaching? And for your finances, 
Why do you want to make money doing what you love? And why is that important to you? Why is it important to others? And what does it allow you to have in your life that is important to you? And then for your marketing, who do you want to work for? And why do you want to work for or work with these people? What's in it for you and what's in it for them? And why are you doing what you do for an audience or for students? What do you want them to feel or experience? And then why is that important to you? Okay, so going through all of that, as much as you can, do some excavating and say, once you answer those questions, is there a story related to that? Is there a story related to why you feel that way? And that's something you can bring into your messaging. So there's a lot here, (laughs) but I just want to finish by saying this. If you take one thing from this whole podcast, it was like a little blip that I said somewhere in the middle. It's this. Tell people why you want to work with them. Whether that's a client, whether that's a studio, whether you're auditioning, whoever it is that you want to work with, make sure you're finding a way to tell them why. There's a lot of different places and a lot of different ways to do that. Do what feels right for you, but tell people why you want to work with them. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Circus Boss podcast. Our next episode is with Janelle Peters, aka Janelle Dinosaurs from Cirque Psych. And we're talking all about New Year's resolutions and goal setting. And they have a wonderful approach to this. It's a really rich episode. Make sure you tune into that and make sure you turn into our socials. I think I'm going to be sharing some more tips on goal setting too for your finances and marketing. It'll be in the next week or so. I'm giving myself some flexibility this time of year. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you to all of our fans and our clients and our followers and any family. I don't know if my family listens to the podcast, but if you are, thank you. I love you. We just hit a thousand followers on Instagram. It's something that was a goal for us for 2021. So we hit it. We hit it like two weeks early. And we really wanted an engaged audience and a deliberate audience. We didn't do any tactics where you just follow a bunch of people or You know, we've been very specific and a steady, slow approach to growing our following. And I can say that all a thousand of you are awesome and beautiful. And I just appreciate you. I appreciate your thoughtful comments. I appreciate when you let me ask you to go deeper into your comments and you respond with like a novel. I love it. I love reading all of your thoughts and comments. I love when you share our posts. I love when you save our tips. And I just love that you're following along on our journey. So thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends and colleagues. You can give us a shout out on social media or look for the carousel post all about this episode and you can share that. I'm just going to say like if you're dreaming about big things for 2022, we're here. However, we can help you in achieving that. You got this and keep being a circus boss. 